What's up guys? Welcome to Fitter Food Radio. This is episode 165 and it's me, Matt Whitmore of Cool Cities with Kerry Marsden. Cool Cities. That's my name, don't waste Who it. Who else would it be? That's my name, don't wear it out. That's what don't we used to say. It. Don't waste it. Yeah. Used to, we used to say that. That's it. my name, don't wear it out. Or what was it if you said something bad? I, I know you am. No, I know you are. <laughs> what? From, I'm not from Dudley. How am you? I know you am. Why are you talking about ham? <laughs> you say, I know, I know you are, but what am I? I know you are, but what am I? Do you remember that? I've never heard that one. Like if someone called you like something bad, but like, I know you are, but what am I? That used to be the comeback. Oh, really? No, no. <laughs> oh, I see. So you're trying to deflect it. Yeah, yeah. I get it now. It's like, yeah. <laughs> There you go. <laughs> Slow on the uptake there. Yeah, it was a touch. Never mind. We're here now. <laughs> yeah, we're here. So, episode 165. When are we going to have a two at the beginning? Well, I, you know where this is going to go. Oh, actually, I, I did kind of uh, walk straight into that one, didn't I? Yep. Yeah. Yep. I nag you more than you nag me now to do podcasts. True. Because I'm at home more and I'm like, we're, we're doing a podcast, we're doing a podcast. Yeah. But you're busy, busy, busy. Busy, busy, busy. I have to be in like... Um, you know, you have to be in like a really like a particular frame of mind and and, and whatnot to make love. Yeah, you have to be, right? Okay, I'm the same with the podcast. Are you right? Yeah, okay. which what is, is that frame uh, of which mind? is why it really happens. Yeah, <laughs> see what I did there. Yeah. <laughs> no, but you kind of get me. Like I'll be in the middle of something, and you'll be like, "Yeah, ditto." Oh, Nate, what are we on about? Ditto you, when it comes to lovemaking. Or whatever. Just because... When you're in bed reading because, a book. No, just because uh, you're in Sorry, the I'm in the middle of something. Uh, yeah, yeah, I might be a chapter. This chapter's... This is a real page turner. It's rarely when I'm reading. It's normally when I'm in the middle of cleaning or emailing or then it's just something hovering in the background. Oh, dear. Is this, t- is this TMI? Possibly. I don't know. I right? think everyone can relate, though. I'm sure they can. I'm sure they can. But yeah, you are right. It is entirely my fault that we don't do more podcasts. That is true. Why don't we do a deal? I'll get in the mood more often if you get in the mood more often. I'll trade you a podcast for a... (laughs) Nookie nookie. Yeah, honestly. We can do two a day if you like. (laughs) I need to make up for lost... We need to make up for lost time. Let's at least go for once a fortnight to start with. (laughs) Come on, let's be realistic. (laughs) Oh, dear. Right, so what are we going to talk about today, Keris? I know we we, we 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 said the other day, didn't we, that we weren't going to be doing this. We weren't going to be saying what we we're going to talk about, and it was just going to happen organically, naturally. But do you feel like we go off on too many tangents? Well, we, we, yeah, we always do, but hopefully they're useful tangents. At tangent junction. Yeah. Today we're going to talk about me. That's it. There you go. Cool, I like that. Subject decided. You. Then you don't have to think too much. Brilliant. You can just focus on your coffee. You can zone out. You can do whatever you That's want to shout. do. Yeah, just get, get, get you going. And you then... can go somewhere with your brain that you might <laughs> So go on then. No, no, we would, We actually, often actually, the way these podcasts do come together is, and we've always said this, like sometimes we wish we could just press a record button whilst we're walking. Yeah. Walking the dog. Because we, we, you know, we talk about everything and anything, don't we? we say, and, and then we go, this is a podcast. This is a podcast. Know? And then we go to do it as a podcast. It's just not the same. No, because when we talk about it initially, it's like proper, genuine conversation that is just in that moment. Whereas that when you go, oh, this is really good. Like we should talk about this on a podcast, and you try and replicate it, don't work. Need to carry a dictaphone, don't we? Everywhere, just feed that back. 
Good show. It is hard because it's like a lot of stuff that we talk about. We think, well, this would be really good social media content or Instagram stories. But we, we, <clears throat> we've often questioned this. We're not really... We're a kind of different generation with that, aren't we? And that we didn't grow up with that type of thing. No. Like, I find it really hard just to talk to a camera on Instagram stories. You're better than me. But I find it strange. Hmm. It's like you're doing your own video diary, but it's never something that I ever did. I never even had a diary as a kid. No, I didn't. But I'm quite a reflective person. But I reflect to myself in my head. So I talk a lot in my head. And then I'll reflect to people that I've... You know, like I'll talk about a lot of things to people that are on the same wavelength as me and close and so you know me and you will be like constantly chatting about this stuff but it feels weird when you try to open up that conversation to a bigger audience and definitely when you just start to do it on your phone and I think part of me always has like my parents in the background kind of going this is just strange why are you talking about yourself on on a you know what are you talking about yourself? When you try to explain what a status update is and an Instagram story do you know what I mean to your parents or Mm. grandparents they're just like that's just ridiculous. Yeah. Well, I suppose <laughs> so, in a way, though, when you think about it, like we look at social media now and even we are like, and bearing in mind, like we are, you know, we've had a, a decent few years or so of experience with what social media involves now. But even we are sometimes like, oh, blimey, this is just like a bit of a minefield in terms of, you know, what should you post? What shouldn't you post? What do people find interesting? What's not interesting? Like, you see what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Whereas imagine like our parents' generation or our grandparents' generation where they can't relate to it in any shape or form. No, no. You know what I mean? Like, Whereas the younger generations are telling the older generations what they should be doing on there. So it's very different because yeah. they're like, no, we know the score. Yeah. You don't. So they feel more confident. But I think I've also noticed a shift in, if I'm speaking to people in a, I suppose, a, a community where people have, have already brought into us so it's either our groups on Facebook or if we're running an online program or something like that or I'm teaching and they've come to a workshop with us I feel so much more confident teaching and talking because I'm like okay these individuals in front of me want to they're kind of on your wavelength but they want to learn and grow and I think I've always thought the purpose for me of social media is kind of twofold it's like I want to I want to use it to gain knowledge and and insights and and understandings of things and I also want to use it for I suppose more than anything a bit of entertainment and humor and that's kind of how we try to divide our stuff you know in terms of our own content but I find it I don't know I think I just find it hard me talking to a camera you know type thing yeah and I think also because a lot of the social media especially Instagram is a bit more visual I don't feel like I fit that criteria at all like posing and I'm just I'm just not that type of person you know so I also struggle I want to write content on there and I feel like no one really reads it because Instagram is scrolling through pictures do you know what I mean so it's kind of but I suppose that's the thing isn't it it is like a bit of a so I said like earlier that we were like oh it's a bit of a minefield because it's like what's the right balance you know what is a true reflection of you and who you are and what you stand for without being too serious all the time and you know what I mean it's like and um I actually can't remember if we spoke about this last time or not because we have attempted to do a podcast since and we canned it didn't we yeah just weren't working, just weren't happening. Um, so forgive me, you know, if I'm repeating myself, but it's like, it is that you almost start second guessing everything. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like yeah. It's, it's, And it's hard because we do want to kind of, we, we always think that we want to strike a balance with social media in that we want to put some educational stuff out there, some inspirational stuff, but also some, you know, proper genuine stuff as well i.e you know things aren't so great at the minute you know to giving that that real honest insight into into our lives our training nutrition whatever it may be because you want it to be real at the end of the day well people always say like document your journey and that's 
it's kind of what I wanted to do in this episode. I, I wasn't just here to talk about me. Let's just talk about me. Yeah. But to kind of explain some of the kind of things that I've really learned over the, the last couple of years. And it, it's as a result of having health challenges. And it's really changed my approach to things like nutrition, exercise, even some of the kind of areas, I suppose, that I was really fascinated by, you know, like alternative medicine, mm-hmm. functional medicine. Th- you know, I got... I got I've said up before on the podcast, I get so easily like swayed by something mm. because, you know, if I'm really sold it and it's very powerful and it kind of, you know, and I think it's very easy to become, you get that kind of confirmation bias, you do some stuff, it works, and then you're like, this is totally it, it's the main way. And, and you can kind of lose your way a little bit. And I, and I feel like over the last couple of years, I've really started to develop almost like my own approach to stuff, having had some challenges. Mm-hmm. And I think when I look <laughs> online now, I'm really careful about the people that I follow, the industries, I've become very, I became so disillusioned with, with both fitness, nutrition, yoga, even functional medicine and supplements over time. I've been like, you guys are just so carried away with stuff now. Like it's, you're not really encouraging people to get some really basic things in place. You just want to sell them products and And, and, put the fear of God in them about toxins and stuff. And it's, it's not, it's not healthy anymore for me. No, no. And I think there's just so much ego as well. Hamish is when, snoring. Do you think it's all right uh, to leave him in? Yeah, it's quite cute to be fair. I'm finding it quite relaxing, to be honest. Um, <laughs> as long Just as thinking it, if anyone's got it on, like, loudspeaker. Maybe if it was me, like, dozed off. Matt's gone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there'll, be, there'll be an echo in a minute when I'm talking. There'll be a Hamish snore and then Matt going. <laughs> I don't snore, don't worry about it. Have I ever told you when I was at acupuncture, I might have said this before, and I fell asleep and then I woke up, you know, they do that snort. Oh yeah, oh, like when you snap loud. out of it. Yeah, yeah. I went, and then I went, oh my god, was that me? Oh, no. <laughs> and she laughed like she did sweep. I was mortified. Oh, everyone does it though. Fly me. <laughs> Proper pig snort though. Oh dear. Anyway. Um, <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Please tell us if you've ever done that at school. That would be the best. Must have done. Who hasn't? Who hasn't? When you kind of like, it's, like when you, it's almost like you. It's like you. 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 You're not quite asleep. And you're. You're almost like the realization yeah, yeah, kicks yeah. in. You're like, oh. Yeah. You know, I shouldn't be asleep, you know. Um, in, the, in the car when you do it, you know, your mouth falls open. Yeah. My brothers would always put stuff in my mouth. I thought it was really Ch- funny. Chubby. Like, normally like sweet or something if they were being nice, but sometimes it'd be like furball or something in the car, do you know what I mean? Or, Dog airs. Or, <laughs> it, whatever like, whatever yeah. they can find yeah, on the basically, floor, basically. Yeah. Or a, or a, a, a chocolate eclair sweet <laughs> that's been there for about three years. Yeah, yeah. Do, you remember, do you remember chocolate eclairs? Anyway, look, look, yeah, stop, yeah. stop all this. I was yeah, onto yeah. something. All right, sorry. You, you, you distracted you me. talked about ego. Ego. Um, See how I listened. Yeah, well done. Um, I was going to say, like you know, you you said about like the different advice and whatnot, but there's, there's often like people that it's almost like they just want to be right all the time. That they spend a lot of time bashing other people or yeah, other yeah, people's definitely. approaches. And and someone did a post the other day was just like you know if we just spent a little bit more time and a bit more effort spreading positivity within our industry, within our space, instead of actually just trying to bash other people. Yeah, yeah, And do you know what? You might think someone's wrong. You might might disagree with what somebody's doing, but we've said this before. I just think, like, if you almost then make it your mission just to almost badmouth other people... I don't know. I just think, is that the way to go? Is it? Is it what people want to see? I don't think it is. No, and I think, and the other thing is, are, think, are you putting enough stuff out there that's kind of like you've said? You know, help. It's, it's good to perhaps pull people up on the fact that you know they might be misleading. I think that that can be helpful in some ways. I always question, you know, 
the first one of the rules of kind of naturopathic nutrition was all and what's one of the things that I love about naturopathy I've still now with everything that I've studied I've got I've got things that I didn't like about it and things that I love and I like the principles of it and one mm. is first do no harm and that's something that I've really taken with me because of course like if you want to first of all if I want repeat business <laughs> don't do any harm to anybody yeah. but I always think about when I'm looking at things that maybe I don't think are correct that someone's saying I then will ask myself is it really harmful what they're saying and, and often it's not you know if people are still pushing targeting your fat spots and body types and nutrition and things like that I'm a bit like well, do you know what? If it gets someone eating a whole foods diet and exercising, you know, it's not correct. But you know, if it gets someone motivated to do yeah, stuff, yeah, yeah. when it becomes a problem is when someone then buys into the kind of prescription and the dogma and is like, it's this way, and I can only do it this way, and it's stressful and it's not sustainable. But you know, and they make it up all together. Then mm. I think it's doing harm. Yeah. But you know, it, it's it's you've got to be having that balance of are you guiding people in, in the the right direction as well as kind of you know criticizing. And I think yeah. that it's easy to kind of get you know get caught up and i've said to you i don't i don't kind of want to get involved in a lot of the internet debates because it's simply too time consuming mm. for me and i just rather put out there i'm working still just like you are with people we're learning all the time because we're working with people so yeah. our clients give us more and more knowledge and and we just want to share that and and you know try to help people but i also think it's important that over time the more courses i do and things that i learn that i almost need to go in doubting the process first questioning it rather than going in wanting to believe it which was how I started off you know like oh I've heard this is really powerful this course and this approach and I want to be able to do it and and deliver it to my clients whereas now I'm, I'm more like going with the kind of no no I'm going to question everything and and, yeah. and think that it you know this is going to have it you know find the flaws essentially and it's quite interesting I've just finished Tommy Woods done a course called bro research and it was and it's blood chemistry for athletes and it's really interesting because when I first saw the name of the course, I was like, what the, what the heck? Like, can I even do this? I'm not a bro, do you know what I mean? Yeah. But, but I really wanted to do more kind of the blood chemistry training and especially on, on people that are training, doing CrossFit and stuff because yeah. I do mine in your blood tests and, on, and clients and stuff as well. But one of the things that they talk about on there is, um, so he does it with another uh, Dr. Ben House, is they both talk about being swayed by different arguments first of all and then going and looking into the research and trying to find the mechanism and actually realizing there was none and just but very powerful people or, or very powerful kind of arguments were put forward for various different things but yeah. what's quite interesting is both of them were on a quest for truth and I think me and you are very similar in that we want the truth to help yeah. the clients we're not yeah. interested in you know the ideals the perfection that kind of stuff or the selling of products we want the, the absolute truth and so you've got to be able to admit that you were wrong and you've got mm. to keep evolving your approach and you've got to keep when someone says something and it does help to go back and learn the physiology of the body because sometimes I'm like how is that even possible but sometimes I'll see a client case and I'll be like there's no research on this however I do know that you need this nutrient to make this so there's a chance that you you know so you can yeah. almost kind of hypothesize based on kind of just physiological processes so I think you know, you kind of need a certain amount of research, but equally there won't always be the research there and you've got to be able to kind of bridge that gap with your own knowledge. But I think a really important thing for me has been to kind of see, I've, I've, let, I've let a lot of stuff go over the years that I just wouldn't use anymore with clients. Yeah. But it was useful for me in terms of, even as I was implementing it, I was like, this isn't working. It's costing my client a lot of money. This needs to be questioned, you know. And yeah. I think you, as you kind of get your confidence and your experience, you begin to apply that more and more. Yeah, yeah, for sure. <clears throat> But I think my big takeaway for me, and it was really interesting to hear this on the course, is half the time the biggest issue is massive amounts of distraction. Believing that we can kind of out-supplement 
not unhealthy habits I wouldn't say but we can use a supplement to to kind of fix an emotional issue or mm. uh, you know behaviors and and kind of addictions as well so yeah. especially if you look at a lot of people we work with it can be addictions to exercise addictions to sugar and you know food and work workaholism is, is rife and and people are kind of like yeah but if I take a supplement stack I can continue mm. to do mm. this we we talk about like the placebo effect of things don't we and you know placebo is placebo you know if someone thinks it's working or thinks it's going to work that in itself can work wonders which kind of like just shows that how powerful your your mindset is and the, oh, yeah, the things that you kind of tell yourself it was just an interesting tip on that actually that there was there, one of the things they spoke about on the course is looking at female hormones and they said women believe when they take the contraceptive pill they'll gain weight and when you look at it if they actually maintain energy balance and exercise they don't but because they believe they will, they eat differently. Right. Many, many gain so subconsciously. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then there's tons of studies on men where they give them a sugar pill instead of testosterone and they actually lift heavier in the gym. That day. <laughs> you couldn't, well, you know. it's the testosterone, bro. So rather than buy your supplements anymore, I'm just going to yeah. put sugar pills in pots in the cupboard. Oh, nice. And label them <laughs> deadlift, deadlift Max. Yeah, yeah. Deadlift <laughs> yeah. PR. Yeah. Yeah. And then you'll actually take the freaking things. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we were talking, weren't we, earlier about how, you know, people are seeking a supplement protocol or, you know, a supplement stack as as, it, as if it's going to be the answer to all their problems. You know, like, oh, I'm struggling with energy at the moment and training's not going so well or I'm not sleeping too well. Like, what supplements would you recommend? Like, bloody dart. When it's like, yeah, but actually, are there some other things that are just staring you straight in the face that you need to deal with before you start trying to, correct everything with a supplement or a, or a stack of supplements whatever it may be the best example for me is like uh like melatonin which we don't call it melatonin i would call it melatonin melatonin Mel- because your mum calls it melatonin melatonin so she keeps got, going got any of that melatonin stuff <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so now we call it melatonin it's now actually caught on with me and i call yeah. it melatonin we actually have to correct ourselves we're like no I'm going to talk about this melatonin. in a second. Oh, I said it again. <laughs> melatonin. But we like saying that your mum goes to bed with melatonin. <laughs> oh, yeah. Melatonin for sleep. Um, but <laughs> in a second, we'll, we'll talk about why we've got this in and like why I believe it's got a role in, in health. But we, we actually suggest it to your mum because your nan's really ill and your mum's getting very wired about it and then yeah. she can't sleep. And then she's in a, got a really short like temper and her patience is really thin and she's got a lot to do helping your nan yeah and that's why we said and this this is where you see supplements are really powerful because yeah we could ask your mum to breathe a little bit more and things like that do you know what i mean but your mum isn't ever going to meditate no 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 but if we can get her a good night's sleep we know that she's going to be able to cope with what's going on in the day better so we get she has a good time with melatonin melatonin (laughs) melatonin saved the day yeah but the point i was going to make was is that when I take mel- melatonin, <laughs> me- me- when I go to mel- bed with melatonin, melanto- melatonin, I was genuinely struggling. <laughs> this is not good, Keris. We must make <laughs> this in do- the bud. It's, it's happened to me. But when I take it, and some days I wake up and I'm like, oh God, I had an absolutely rock solid night's sleep last night. You know, it did the job. And then another night I can take it, have a terrible night's sleep, proper disturbed. And I'm like, oh. And my, my initial thought is, oh, it didn't work. Oh, like that night it worked, this night it didn't. Why is that? But then actually I've just got to look back at the day and what was going on that day or... Sorry about that. That was, uh, that was our uh, very lovely next door neighbour. But she just 
<laughs> popped her head up. Appears at the window from only, time to time. Only she? me. Only me. <laughs> um, she what? actually gave us a bag of donuts oh, from Marks and Spencers, and it says on it, "Donut worry." Oh really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> on the packet, bless her. They are very nice, but um, she yeah, she just appears <laughs> out of nowhere. Usually she, with a load of sugar. To be fair, it was quite good because the, w- <laughs> the way the laptop is, we can actually see the reflection on it, and we managed to see her in time, and we. Press pause. Press pause just before Hamish went bananas when she was knocking <laughs> on the window. Anyway, oh, bless her. There's only the thing is, the problem is only four donuts. Well, will you all eat them or we'll end up probably giving them away, won't we, if we're really honest? As oh, lovely as they are. They're great post-workout donuts. Mm, delicious. Donut worry. Donut worry. Um, what were we talking about? Uh, melatonin. Melatonin, that was it. No, you but, were saying you don't always have a good night's sleep. Yeah, and, and like I said, my, my initial thought is like they didn't work. But then I've just got to look back at my day, my thought processes, my stress levels, what I was doing in the build-up to bed. And actually, it just shows you that it wasn't uh, the, the, the melatonin. Melatonin. <laughs> it was that I, you know, I was stressed, I was wired, you know, I was working a lot, I was working late. And again, it's almost like... I almost had this reliance on, oh, I'll just pop an extra tablet to help me sleep tonight because I was working late. But the point I'm trying to make is, is that, yes, melatonin works because it has done for me. It's not going to override being stressed, working late, too much coffee. Yeah, yeah. Do you see what I mean? Uh, yeah. Like, and, and in a way, it's partly why I've actually stopped taking it because I'm like, well, unless I've stopped drinking coffee at a certain time, my pre-bed routine's been pretty chill. It's not going to do anything. No. And also, maybe you need to learn the, the implications of doing those things. Yeah, you know, exactly. Not doing those things. And, and you know, proper sleep coaches would really discourage you from mm. taking a hormone to help you sleep. It is yeah. a sleep hormone, essentially. I mean, it's not something I, you know, I was, I was relying on or, or taking all the time, but it, it was something that I'd, you know, it's a bit of a sleep aid uh, every now and again, depending on the circumstances. But another thing I was finding it was that even if I wasn't getting a very good night's sleep after taking it, it was meaning I would, I'd struggle to get up in the morning. Yeah, yeah. It can take a while to kick out yeah, the system. Yeah, and, and I, didn't like, I didn't like that feeling. So, anyway. But I think with all these things, it really helps to, you know, like there's a tool for a job, but what you've got to be careful of is that you don't over-rely on it and then use it to not enable kind of behaviour change that you know deep down yeah. you really need to do. But equally, there's lots of now re- lots of research on using melatonin melatonin for anxiety, so P- PTSD, and sleep anxiety when you believe you can't sleep. And I think you know that's uh, it, you know here it's it's only prescribed usually kind of privately and often to children at the moment and teenagers with with anxiety. But I think eventually you'll see it more widely available, like it is in America and yeah, you know, yeah. places in Europe. But I think one of the, the the lessons that I've learned over the last couple of years is my kind of health just gradually started to decline really, really slowly. And I was able to kind of come in and fix it with various different things. So I used a combination of herbs and I used nutrition changes. And and this is where there's like a danger with things like, you know, like adaptogenic herbs, which, for example, kind of balance you in terms of your energy. So adaptogens are quite good. They kind of change your immune system. Um, but what they'll, they'll do is, is generally they could give you maybe a bit more stamina. So they use a lot in kind of... Um, People use them for training to improve their endurance and things like that if they're doing, you know, working towards maybe kind of some kind of race or whatever it might be. And equally, if you've got quite a lot on in terms of like work-life balance and you want to do some exercise as well, then, you know, this is when rhodiola and ginseng and the, all these types of things and that you're finding them now in powders, in coffees, in, 
combined with mushrooms and things like that. And it's, it's all very exciting. It's all very sexy. You know, I just take all this and I can just power through life. And I definitely used elements of that, I think. But what it really did was just enable me to just go kind of top gear for far too long. Yeah. So it actually ended up doing me, you know, we talked to first, like first do no harm. And because you're kind of, in a way, I was just self prescribing half this stuff yeah so i was like i've got a really busy week i'm tired you know i'll I'll take some b vitamins i'll take some ginseng i'll get through it type thing i was never really stepping back and addressing my total load that i had on that week in terms of work emotional stress and the training that i was going to do and i was really lacking structure with that it was getting to a point where i was like just get out and go for a run you know just do 100 press-ups like just tick boxes and i think the other side of it was i was never looking at the why so i was taking on a lot of work over time and I kind of said to you you can almost map out the timeline of various different things that happened and it was starting to to teach lecturing which I absolutely loved but it was a lot of work and I don't think I ever really truly kind of appreciated how much work it was yeah preparing a lecture delivering it delivering it well you know I never yeah. want to just turn up and read slides then getting involved in kind of marking and things like that with with teaching work me and you were kind of also busy work you know working on our own company and then at the same time what I was doing was I was kind of at the very tip of you know I haven't got much left in me and so around that time and this was about three years ago now I think maybe four actually when my dad rang up and he was like oh they've just found I've got cancer it kind of pushed me like into another level of right well I've got to fix this Mm. so it was almost like right I go full at that as well so blood testing consultations with the best people I could find to try and find out what he could do and all this kind of stuff and it kind of carried on from there in that I found all of this busyness was really kind of addictive and it was easier to keep busy than to think about some key things that were going on in the background which is why did I and, and so I got offered more teaching work then I got offered some corporate nutrition work that involved going to Germany and places like that and I was like yeah I'll take it I'll take it and when I look back it was quite scary stuff it was like big corporate nutrition talks and I was like no I'll do it and I'd spend ages writing the presentations reading them and the guys that I worked with on that were like crikey you never stop because I'd be reading the stuff on the plane and yeah, yeah. you know and then I remember when we'd get to Germany I'd already been out for a run. Like I'd be back at the hotel as they were getting their shoes on. They were like, she's already been out for a run. You know, like I'm not, I'm not saying this to kind of go, you know, look at me status. You know, <laughs> I'm such, such a, such a, you know, such a, you. such a, what can't think of a word then? Such a, such a, you know. So it's at the time, you, you kind of think it's a positive thing. You know, to them it looked positive. Yeah. Because they, one of the. Because they're like, oh, she's so disciplined. Well, they were like, for an, they, they, they said to me, we like a nutritionist who actually trains, you know, because a lot of nutritionists kind of turn up to corporate got, talks. Got no games. <laughs> yeah, basically. Where's your game? Do you even lift? Yeah, exactly. It was a bit like that. <laughs> turn up in a twin set with a green smoothie, do you know what I mean? And so they were like, you know, oh, we like that you train and you're into fitness and you're really into the basics. You're not misleading people down these routes of like superfoods and stuff. Anyway, um, but I think, again, I got uh, just to flip all the way back around to kind of like working with Tommy and and on his course, most of the people on that course were men. And there's elements to which I put myself in kind of very alpha environments. Yeah. And then it brings out the the kind of alpha in me as well. So I feel like I've got to compete and work hard. And And what's really interesting is over the last couple of years when I've seen herbalists and things like that, they've all, all said... In, in their own language, because I've seen Western herbalists and Chinese herbalists, mm. your female energy is so low, which is... 
Sorry, guys, another delivery. <laughs> this time a dog bed. <laughs> we got Hamish a uh, heated dog bed. Bless him. Yeah. Gets a bit cold in the night. And drives us both mad. Because he keeps wanting to get in bed with us. Yeah. He's yeah. relentless with it, isn't he? Just I wouldn't mind if he just stayed there, but he's just, you know, gets in, get, and then he gets too hot, then he gets out, then he gets cold, then he wants to get back in again. Anyway, what are you saying? Alpha. <laughs> yeah. Go. Oh, I don't know where it was. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. So I was going to say, it kind of brought out this alpha side in me, and... One of the things that I've really had to ask myself, because eventually my health just crashed completely, is why did I feel a need to firstly say yes to all the work? And then mm. obviously I've got, I've definitely got kind of a perfectionist attitude in me that again, yeah. comes from loads of different places that we get this. But also if you put me in that environment, again, with other really competitive highly driven people, it kind of brings out the worst in me sometimes. And it's not that you shouldn't compete you know and, and lead that fast-paced lifestyle god if you if you took all that away from me i think i would be more unhealthy and stressed you know just yeah, without yeah, yeah. that that, yeah. that kind of pace to my life so you mean but i definitely got carried away with it and then realized that i just lacked the balance essentially and so what i've been trying to do over the last couple of years and lockdown of course has really helped with this is is actually get that right balance between enough work and busyness and stimulus and working with clients because i still want to help people but keeping my boundaries in place for kind of my own health and, and listening to my body and self-care. And, and it's actually made me a better nutritionist, I think. And, and even the groups that we work with online, I'm doing a hormone retreat at the moment. And with a lot of them, I can see the patterns that, that I was getting into. Yeah. You know, that kind of, if you're, again, if you're quite a, a you know, I'm, you've said this, I'm, I'm a caring person, but you can, that can end up becoming kind of borderline controlling, you know, because you want the best for people. So it means that you're kind of like a, you know, I'm like a bit like a Jack Russell at times, you know, especially with the ones I love the most, like you, yeah. my mum and dad, I can be like, why are you doing that? Why are you doing that? Do this, do this, do this. Come on. You know, I think it's good to care, but but you've got to remember that fundamentally there's a relationship there that's about other things. It's yeah. not always looking after. It's not, that's not the whole being of that relationship. There's got to be fun. There's got yeah, to be, yeah. you know having a laugh together there's got to be experiences and sometimes those experiences are eating donuts do you know so you know even that side of me i lost yeah. for a while because i was a bit like why is everybody eating sugar <laughs> <laughs> like i'd get angry because everyone's was also coming to me with all their health issues and i was picking up the pieces and i was exhausted yeah. and i was a bit like i can't yeah, yeah. you know including you at times yeah. I, was like, I can't keep picking up the pieces i've got to be but then i i think it's a bit like you know give someone a give someone a fish and the feed for the day give them fish and net, let them you know teach them how to fish teach them how to fish and they can fish themselves and this is kind of where I've got to a little bit now especially with people I love I'm I'm, not, I'm a lot less of like here's what you need to do and almost doing everything for them yeah. and more like well you know what you need to do and I'll leave that with you yeah. and should you not do it then you will feel the consequences and that that's to me as well I have that conversation with myself yeah of course but I think one thing that I also found over over this whole process is we've talked about this on the podcast before is your body's always trying to give you feedback about things and it's really easy to talk negatively about your body and and I don't mean like body image stuff I mean as in I would get frustrated when my body was tired I would get frustrated when my immune system you know when I got sick and got tonsillitis I would get frustrated with my hormones for not doing what I wanted them to do and, and I said to you it's like my head's an athlete <laughs> and like a you know like a a chief executive of a million companies and my body's just like 90 at the moment. It feels like it's creaking. It just will not do what I want it to do. But my body was right and my brain was wrong. Yeah. And it took me a long time to figure that out, that my body was fighting for balance, 
but I was really not giving it any choice other yeah. than to start cutting corners and going, well, there's no way you're having reproductive function right now because yeah. <laughs> there's too much going on. Well, there's no way we're, ha- we're giving you immune system protection because do, do you not think it's, it's so hard, though, to like... I mean, we're definitely better at listening to our bodies now yeah. than we used to be, but it's certainly something that we... You know, we've not perfected it yet. No, you know what I mean? Not. Like, I mean, my, my biggest, biggest example is with like with my training. You know, like I'll be able to push myself and I'll be feeling really good. I'll just take it. As a result, I then push it a little bit more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then it's, it's like... Greedy. We get greedy. Yeah, you Complacent. do. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. And then and then you're like, oh, no. I, but deep down, I, like if it happens, and it, I mean, it happened this week. I mean, I trained on Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, back to back, and, and they were three pretty full-on sessions. And I said to you, didn't I, uh, on Saturday morning, I was like, oh, I don't think I've got it in me today to do the live class on yeah. the on the on the Facebook group page. And uh, I mean, f- fair play, you offered. You were like, I'll, I'll teach it. Yeah, but sweat fest is a bit of me. It's a bit of you, but um, we quite like our Saturday routine, don't we? If we get out, we go yeah, for a yeah, nice big walk together. You get we a get a coffee. Mode, and, yeah, yeah. And I thought, oh, no, I'll be fine. And pretty much as soon as I started, I remember thinking, I shouldn't have been doing this. But as a result, I did adapt and I was like, I just stuck to a lighter kettlebell, didn't let my ego get the better of me of knowing I could go heavier. But I remember thinking, I mean, in an ideal world, I shouldn't have done it. Yeah. But it was only kind of like once I did it or afterwards that my body was a bit like, what was you doing, Matt? Yeah. Like you, and, and also then you were asleep by the afternoon. Yeah, I was. It wiped me. I was knackered. I was knackered. And, but then at the, at the same time, it then almost takes away from, from the three really good workouts I did have. You kind of focus on that that bad one. Yeah, yeah. Do you know yeah. what I mean? And, and and I was almost a bit like, do you know what? Like, you just you highlighted like two really interesting points there, and one well, is that that's, kind of that's what I do. <laughs> I highlight interesting points. <laughs> that's what you're let's, here for. Let's discuss them. <laughs> well, one is that like negative bias in your brain. Like, yeah. And I think that's something that I've just developed this massive awareness of over time is that when I was really super stressed and busy as well because you're in kind of fight and flight mode all the time, you're also in fear mode all the time. So you, again, you're constantly, you're almost like upregulated. And again, if you were a caveman or woman, that would be helpful because you're looking for the danger. Yeah. What you don't realise is when you're just a super stressed person is that one, it's not making you a nice person to be around, but the fear is making you also probably driving you in the wrong direction, making you work harder. Yeah. And you do have that negative bias. So you're constantly like, oh, that lecture wasn't good enough. I didn't do that. Oh, I could have done that talk better. Do you know what yeah. I mean? So you're giving yourself crap, which and kind of keeps you in that that space of working harder not not smarter but also ego the word ego because and all of my kind of spiritual friends talk a lot about ego you know and they're like you've just got to kind of differentiate between ego and and probably some things that you should do and 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 really start letting stuff go but I think and and I've become aware of that and, and ego has quite a negative connotation to it doesn't it oh good yeah, but yeah sometimes, for sure. sometimes your reasons for doing stuff are not ego based they are you you just want to belong you just want to fit in you just want maybe a little bit of sense of purpose and status and, yeah. and that's absolutely fine again but when it's getting carried away and it's at the expense of your health and the harm you know it's, mm. you're harming your body and your body's feeding back like too much too much too much then you know the balance is out and you, yeah. you've got to step back and looking at the why I think is really helpful because I said to you like a big problem for me was just such a lack of confidence and lack of self-esteem so I was constantly trying to prove myself mm. and I would get such lovely feedback from events and client work and and lectures and I could never accept it so I'd always mm. buffer it back for a start 
And then I would always walk away and go, yeah, but I should have answered that question better. Yeah, but I could see someone look really bored in that talk and they were half asleep. You know, yeah. it's like, and that's you, all I remember. Yeah, you know, you ju- that's what you focus on. Yeah. Basically, yeah, I locked that in. I filed that away. And then the positive stuff, I let it like wash over me like it was just, I even would tell myself people were just being polite because they felt sorry for me. <laughs> like That's what I would tell oh, myself. Curious. But but you you can see like that's kind of your personality traits and, and that comes from somewhere, you know. So mm. again, look at kind of, we mimic our family when we're younger and you can start to behave like your parents, your siblings or, you know, so those behaviours come from somewhere. And I think a real benefit for me in slowing down and falling ill and it's still with me. And I think that's the really weird thing. If you'd have told me when I fell ill, you know, oh, by the way, you'll still be going to hospital appointments in about mm. two years time. I would have been like, what? Like how, yeah, yeah. how could I know all this stuff and not fix myself? But I even said to you, I feel like it's it's just keeping me accountable to some things that I've still got to work on and I've still got to do but the process has also been fascinating because I couldn't have got to a place that I'm at now in terms of my health where it's definitely you would agree I'm 100% better I've been able to show up in lockdown and, and train and I can do all these things but I had to combine conventional medicine with alternative medicine with personal work doing all the 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 boring stuff that you know people don't want to do anymore you know kind of much more sleep much more rest meditation taking time out things that yeah. you know you can go I know I need to do it but the whole experience has, has forced me to do it because yeah. if I didn't do it I would fall really sick again and I've got to a, a place with it all that it's kind of interesting where I had to have a <laughs> an endoscopy again so I got to a place where I had to tick off some stuff and I said to you I'm staying in the kind of medical system because I just need to tick off yeah, some yeah. things and the last time I went for an endoscopy they were like you know still got quite a lot of inflammation and um, and it's quite strange because like you've said most other things now have kind of resolved themselves and fixed themselves and some of it has actually been doing the blood chemistry training with Tommy I've been kind of consulting with him on a regular basis with my blood test going what do you think you know is this something because doctors are really confused by a lot of it. And he's been hugely helpful. I can't thank him enough. And some of the the kind of anomalies on my blood test were simply because I was someone that trained, which is crazy when you think that that sent me down some rabbit holes yeah, with yeah. some of the best gastroenterologists in London going, gosh, your liver enzymes are elevated, your kidney function doesn't look good. And some of a lot of that was actually just the result of having more muscle mass yeah. and things like that. So that's been a really interesting journey with, with those types of things. But <laughs> I think the by, other... by the way, you just reminded me. Yeah. So, you know, I don't know if we mentioned this on the other podcast, but I've actually had my first jab, jab for COVID, right? And I'm 35, Keris is 40. In theory, should have had hers before mine. And I've been a bit stumped as to how I got a phone call. They called me as well. I didn't get a message and like, I had to, didn't have to book it. Like They literally rang me up and they were like, these are the dates we've got for you. They actually said on the phone, we hear you're quite a legend. Yeah, we yeah. We need you to be. I've heard you're quite a big deal in. <laughs> we need you to stick in TM4. around. <laughs> yeah. We need we, we need to protect you. Yeah, like and superhuman. It's like yeah, that's me. That's me. <laughs> get, get it booked in. Um, but I was chatting to one of my clients on the phone the other day, and um, I said to to him, I was like, yeah, you know, I got it early, blah blah blah. And then he said, and and I never thought of this. He said, you might be marked on their system as overweight because. <laughs> Oh, no, yeah, because yeah. as, as far as a BMI goes, I am overweight yeah, because cool. it doesn't factor in muscle mass. Yeah, yeah. And, um, and I, wow. thought, I thought, actually, I wonder if that's what it is. It's because I'm classed as overweight and that's why I got it a bit earlier because I'm considered slightly more vulnerable. Gosh. Yeah, there you go. Anyway, carry on. No, 
Oh, well, that's really interesting. Well, no, the reason I, you reminded me is because you were talking about like because you train was the reason why certain markers are elevated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's what reminded me of thinking like it's because of my gains. Yeah. I got my jab early, see? Well, do you know, it's interesting because blood chemistry itself was developed on the general population and the reference ranges are huge. We talked about this before on the podcast. And what they do is like look at averages and then they get a certain range above and below the average and you're healthy yeah. yeah but the problem is with that range is it's quite big if you've yeah. ever looked at your blood test you'd be like but the range is massive um and so what a lot of people in kind of more alternative medicine functional medicine are doing is trying to find more optimal and i've done four courses on this now and what's hilarious is all of them disagreed on the reference ranges so i put them all into a spreadsheet oh, and i was funny. like quick even you guys aren't even agreeing after going back through the scientific literature but what I've got now is is a is a variety of optimal reference ranges, but generally they, they kind of sort of agree that it's just closer to the average. So that's what I will use with my clients now. Mm. But what Tommy's doing with uh, Dr. Ben House is they're actually doing new studies now, controlled trials and things, trying to find out if you're someone like you, for example, with a lot more muscle mass, your creatinine levels, which is, is basically a byproduct of protein and muscle, it's, the kidneys filter it, your levels may be different to, to someone else. And mine were really high. And actually, Tommy's are really high. And he's, he's been stuck in hospital. He's mentioned that before on the podcast. They wouldn't let him out after his snake bite. Oh, yeah. Because his creatinine was so high. But he takes creatine. He's got a lot of muscle mass. And he's yeah, always yeah. had high creatinine. Um, and I was really similar. And so doctors were going like, what's going on? You know, and, and sent me into such a spin that I even think that made me ill made me sicker because also a second if you've ever looked at the diet for kidney um when you have poor kidney function it's one of the worst diets you'll probably ever have to do and you have my full sympathy if you have to do it as a listener because you have to take out so many foods once you're you don't have kidneys fill to the blood and so you have to limit things like phosphorus stuff that's really abundant in food it's really limiting actually when i looked at the nhs guides for it it was quite a bad diet as well as in they suggest a lot of processed foods to try to avoid the micronutrients interestingly and i was like someone needs to get hold of this and put a real food slant on it somehow but anyway that's not gonna be my job um (laughs) (laughs) i don't think i could do it that was really interesting and same thing if you train you break down basically you know enzymes are going to be in the blood that wouldn't normally be there so it can look like you've got kidney uh, sorry uh, liver um issues as well yeah but using these kind of these optimal reference rates so i was able to kind of get answers and i was really lucky you know that i had that knowledge of kind of blood chemistry so i was able to go and also though there are other tests that you can do so for kidney function i did one called cystatin c and all of this got delayed interestingly because of lockdown so even though i knew i needed to do some tests just to check because i could have had a kidney problem yeah i could have had an infection of some sort i couldn't get my cystatin c test until god it was about a year after I first knew I needed it. Right. So that meant I had to just look after myself instead. Yeah, it's almost yeah. like I couldn't get that tick box mm. and get the complacency that there was yeah. nothing wrong. So it was brilliant that I, I just think the universe just intervened essentially and was like, no, nope, you're not having that. You've got to learn how to relax first. And, you know, lockdown took away my lecturing work in terms of running into London, you know. Yeah, well, you do it online. Four hour commute. Yeah, I, do it. I did it online instead. So, so lockdown kind of took away a lot of the, the kind of work that I was, was, was overreaching with anyway. And then also the ability to test. And then when it opened up and I was able to get the test done, I was like, oh, wow, okay. But, um, and interestingly, the, another theme in the whole background of all of this stuff was there was two things that was struggling. One was my reproductive hormones were struggling all the time and always have done as soon as we launched our business together. Yeah. You know, like I had a menstrual cycle. It disappeared when we, we upped our 
No, it wasn't even up the training, was it? Because if you no. think I was training hard before, but as soon as we took on the business and you got financial stress and again, me kind of turning up for classes and fearing losing members and gaining members. It was that, like, it was that accumulation of things, wasn't it? Financial security, everything changed. But, but this is like what like we always say, and you know, for, forgive us if it does sound repetitive, but I think despite, you know, maybe people listening to us for a long time, following us for a long time, like, and, and despite us kind of saying over and over again, it's never one thing. I think people still do look for that one thing. Yeah, yeah. Or they blame that one thing, you know, well, that's the reason why this happened. It's probably like, it's more like, no, it's probably not because of that happened. It's because that happened on top of that, on top of that. Yeah. That yeah, 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 yeah. this happened type thing. And, and I think like the more we can start thinking of the bigger picture and how all these things, when they come together, can actually become a, a quite a big problem you know the, the better rather than just trying to like point the finger at one thing one particular food one particular yeah, yeah, yeah. well do you know what? I'm, a, I'm a big fan of so i mentioned before like with a client what we do is we draw the timeline out so like never been well since what happened how did the yeah. symptoms build and so i've obviously done my own like i just do it in my head and i'm like gosh that happened first and i've never been to the doctors so much as i have in the last like, like one first name terms like <laughs> um, but, <laughs> I, thought, I thought something was going on yeah, yeah, i was yeah. like oh booked him with dr hambley again are we <laughs> <laughs> the way I he's got our book and everything uh, to be but fair though he is a he's amazing a brilliant doctor. doctor and actually he's been very up for me saying like he knows what we do and so he, he's like i know you know about the microbiome and from the off when this was this all started to kick off i had just some some really weird symptoms but this is where i say if, if i look back i'm like it kind of coincided with my dad's diagnosis which sent me into a bit of a fear spiral i think i overworked to distract myself I think I relied on running again, just as like a stress outlet. So I was mm. running a lot more and I'd, I'd run before lectures because it gave me the kind of energy, the feel goods and the confidence and even the memory consolidation. Yeah. But that is a problem when you start lecturing more because you start running more, you know? So yeah. I was running my body down and then registered with the doctors because we just moved. They did some blood tests. They were like, your sex hormones are flawed. Like you have nothing. You're not producing it from the brain. So you need to go and do HRT. And I kind of wandered off with that prescription and was like, well, I'm never doing HRT because my mum's had cancer. So that's, a, pff, I'm not doing that. And again, then went and spoke to Tommy and I was like, what would you do? And he was like, first of all, cut back on exercise and eat at least 40 calories per kilo of weight, which is again, on the course, they say they look at athletes specifically. If you're doing exercise, that's fine, but you've got to have the fuel in there, the resources. Yeah. Now, remember if you're overweight, you've got fuel stores. So it's not, I don't think it's as important if you're losing weight. Just, yeah, yeah. I say that because some people out there might be on like 11,000 calories, whatever, uh, 1,100 calories. Same, blimey. That's, a, <laughs> that's a good day. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> cal- to lose weight, but they've got the fuel stores. Yeah. If you haven't, if you're quite an athletic person, what's going in is really important. Yeah, yeah. And again, they kind of say keep an eye on things like your thyroid as well for, for are you also getting enough of certain macros? So that was kind of really helpful. But... I then saw a herbalist uh, just by chance who gave me herbs that got my cycle back. And that was a bit like a red rag to a bull because I didn't make the lifestyle adjustments that I probably needed to make at that time. Yeah. Now, I also ended up getting some weird plaques on my skin and then this weird abdominal pain, which is what started this whole process off. And, yeah. and I look back now and I think I may have developed a virus. And now from COVID, we know just how problematic viruses can be. Yeah. 
so I've kind of looked at some of the things and I'm like that was probably a virus and I also ended up getting other kind of skin issues and tonsillitis and, and systemic it went it went everywhere all just suggesting I was run down you know I was really pushing my immune system yeah but what's quite interesting is prior to that having the low hormones was that also setting the scene for the virus to kind of kick in because all of those I didn't mention but all of those symptoms kicked in before I did herbs to get my menstrual cycle back and when I was looking at the research on COVID they were saying that it's a bit hard really but to, to see if this is a kind of true thing but low hormone status seems to be an issue so low testosterone low estrogen because the sex hormones have an effect on your immune system and the production of white blood cells and balancing inflammation but it's a bit hard because the people that have low hormones are also generally the older older population. So so they've also got inflammation, maybe blood sugar dysregulation, metabolic complications. So it's it's kind of a bit chicken, not chicken and egg. It's it's just there's so much stuff going on for yeah, them. Yeah. Is the low hormones the problem? But you could almost, this is where I say go back to physiology, you could suspect it is probably a problem. So I think I've had that low hormone status, probably affected my immune system, probably allowed a virus to capitalise I'm ignoring all the symptoms and just going off and, you know, blah, 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 what I've, I want to do. And I think part of that is because I'm nervous, from, like, scared about my dad and I want to keep busy. I want to keep distracted yeah. through that. But anyway, so when I finally did kind of end up falling ill on, on holiday with you and my gut literally just kicked off in every direction, that just kind of ground everything to a halt. And that's when my symptoms meant I couldn't, I couldn't eat food without feeling sick. I couldn't, um, I couldn't sleep. Um, <laughs> luckily I had to, I did have to rely on melatonin. <laughs> and this is why I'm like, it, it was having such a destructive effect on my health, not to sleep yeah. on top of all this stuff. Yeah. That that was the only thing that began to help that and 50 pillows. Cause I could not lie down. And gradually, uh, you know, again, I was really lucky in that I think about the, the journey. I, I, I flew home from Portugal, went to see a herbalist and I was like, look, okay, I know I've, I've been an idiot. I know I've been like burning the candle at both ends, taking on too much work, too much stress. But by that point, by the way, it's my whole gut felt like it was on fire. So I yeah. had burning and pains and nausea and everything. And um, I did Western herbs first through teas. But interestingly, we had been to visit your nan and I'd seen an acupuncturist because I could also feel something physically wrong, like um, like the muscles of my gut would not relax and so I was getting like delayed gastric emptying. And I've said this before, I was like, is there a hernia or something? Like what's gone wrong? And and this is another interesting fact. NHS could not fit me in for kind of endoscopy. This was before lockdown. Do you remember? It was about eight weeks or 12 yeah, weeks. Yeah, it was so a while, I was like, yeah. crikey, I've got 12 weeks of this. Um, and I tried to push for like emergency and they were like, no, just, you know, <laughs> being emaciated is not an emergency. Because I was like, I dropped down to about 50 kilos. Oh, God, it's crazy. I couldn't eat anything. And uh, they were like, that's not really an emergency. Um, anyway, I uh, had to wait a long time. So I had to do a lot of stuff, which was cancel all my work. Look up, you know, go right back to I used, you know, a really kind of basic gut-friendly diet. Um, you know, lots of broths and slow-cooked foods. Chew my food. I had to watch a load of movies and sleep. Yeah. And really chill out, didn't we? Yeah. And really look after myself. But the reason I'm kind of saying how the events happened was interesting was when I finally got to kind of have the endoscopy and they looked down there, they were like, gosh, you've got on a completely inflamed gut. And, and you know, what, what have you done? You're a big drinker, big smoker, heavy on the ibuprofen. I was like, no, 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 no none of no. the above. And I always remember her face. She looked at me with almost like a bit of horror. She was like, almost like, or like that you were lying. <laughs> no, she, she was just, no, like, no worry. I remember her looking yeah, at yeah. me and she was like, we've oh, had no. to take four biopsies. And I was like, yeah, flipping no because you told me not to have sedation which never ever again 
Um, so I felt them. Yeah. <laughs> and um, what's quite interesting is that then I kind of got an idea of, okay, you've got this chronic inflammatory state. You need to kind of do more work in terms of looking at everything from, again, your diet, how you breathe, your lifestyle. And, and what was quite helpful is I could take that information to a herbalist and say, can I have anti-inflammatory herbs? Because there's no medication yeah. for it, essentially. But the acupuncture I noticed made quite a big difference. And we found one in Strapon Avenue or Nan. Yeah, and he yeah. was Chinese medicine based and said, do you want to try Chinese herbs? And I said, no, I'm, I'm already doing herbs and diet. And, you know, like I'm, I'm on that. I just want acupuncture. And so I did another six months kind of with this chronic nausea and, and battling it and really having no quality of life, but had to keep visiting my why. Like, why did you do this to yourself? Yeah, yeah. Why did you get to this position? And, and like I said to you, I had to revisit confidence, self-esteem. And did I really want to do all this stuff again if I got my health back? And if I had recovered in a month, I think I would have gone straight back into it all. I really do. You know, I think if I'd got home yeah. and herbs it worked, would have almost been like too easy. I wouldn't have learnt my lesson. Yeah. yeah. And so I think that was really valuable because then when I went back to <laughs> your nan's again and had acupuncture again, and this time he was like, do you want to try Chinese herbs? I was like, do you know what? Chuck anything in there. Go I'm just sick of it. Just chuck anything yeah. at me. Like I couldn't eat my Christmas dinner. Uh, you know, it really upset me that I couldn't <laughs> just... I, and you know. John, it's, it's mad because like I... Like, I really felt for you at Christmas. <laughs> the rest of the time was fine. I mean, it didn't stop me like that. Uh, <laughs> such a shame you can't eat this, Kerry. It's, <laughs> yeah, it's delicious. Yeah. <laughs> but but I did. I, I was like, oh, God. Like, because I think, you know, Christmas time is probably that one it's, time it's, a year where everyone just goes. I know. What, you know first world problems, though, do you know what I mean? Like, you can't be. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I know. It is a first world problem, isn't it? But you could say that about absolutely yeah. anything. Like, it really upset my dad, actually. You, you could always he... make these comparisons of, yeah, like, yeah. oh, you know, oh, yeah, well, just count yourself lucky that it wasn't this. Or, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, you could always do that. But the reality was, it was Christmas and you couldn't eat how you would normally eat or just let your hair down like you normally would. And it was shit. Yeah. You yeah. know what I mean? And, 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 you know, even though I was fine, it kind of like almost took the spark away from me a little bit because it was like, oh, you know, normally we just enjoy, you know, just doing this together and, well, and yeah, whatever. But the whole process has been hard on you because, you know, for a lot of it, I've had to offload on you and go like, as I've been doing my own personal work, I've been a bit like, why did I do this? And, you know. But it's hard. It's, it was always so hard for me just like seeing you that way. You know what I mean? Like, and even like way back when we were in Portugal, when it was really kicking off and we ended up coming home a week early because it was just like this just isn't this isn't fun for anyone you know we're here on holiday but we're not really now because you were in a bad way you know I didn't want to go out eating and drinking on my own yeah, yeah. you know especially while she was sat there with like a bowl of carrots <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and um and I just thought you know what we need to just get home and get some answers and that's what we did didn't we we you know we 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 got on a flight the next day and, and whatnot. And One of the funniest stories actually about this, do you remember when we got home? And what I couldn't figure out was like, because also what has been a confusing factor was some of my symptoms were just gastritis, which could have been identified at a very early phase. But because my kidney markers were out and my liver markers were out and and uh, I've also got this kind of pain in my belly button, there was other things going on. Yeah. It, this confused the medical professionals and they were like, hmm. So they were like, we need to go through a process of, of Crohn's, colitis, celiac, small intestinal bacterial overgrowth. And I was like, no, nah, flipping heck, I've done all that because I, I yeah, did all that yeah. myself. But those things that, that possibly weren't anything delayed a diagnosis for me, but yeah. I think it was for the benefit. But the funny story I was going to tell was when I came home, 
I had a really bad night when we'd landed because obviously we got back really late at night, didn't we? And I went yeah. to bed and I, the burning was terrible and I thought I was going to I was gonna be sick. So I was just sat up in bed and I wondered if I had something like pancreatitis by that point in time because I was yeah, like, I can't yeah. eat, I'm going to throw up. Like, oh, what's going on? My stomach was really swollen. And the next day they said to ring, I think um, I rang the doctor and he was like, you try 111 and see if they want to do anything, but I don't know what they will do. So I rang them and I think I got someone on their first day of work. I might have told this story before on the podcast. Do you remember? Yeah, well, I, I think remember, he was on yeah. his first day and he was like, right, Mr. Marston, I'm sending you an ambulance right now. And I was like, no, 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 like I can walk. I said, if you think I need to be like an outpatient, then I'll get in a car with my partner and drive yeah. there. And he was like, can you just confirm it? What it was, was he said, do you have any burning in the chest yeah. and I was like well of course I do I've just flicking told you my whole stomach's on fire and he was like specifically are you telling me you have heart pain and I was like they were obviously going for like a checklist heart attack yeah yeah, yeah. And he was going, can you confirm that you're having heart pain in which case I'll have an ambulance to you and I was like no 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 please don't call me an ambulance and we went back and forth for yeah so he was like can I confirm that you're refusing an, an ambulance. ambulance yeah 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 and I was like yes I'm refusing an ambulance that was hilarious but in the end, I went to the doctors. But yeah, just to kind of fast forward to to the when I finally got to, onto the Chinese herbs, they were the first thing to address it and and actually take down the nausea and get rid of it. And I stayed in the medical system because I was like, I still want to know what it is and what 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 can be done. And so I get ended up having more tests to see if I was having acid reflux yeah. to test if my sphincters were working. And this was all such valuable information. And this is why I say if you've got one foot in the medical community and, and you know, kind of one foot in alternative, yeah. there's a ton of stuff we can be doing to look after ourselves but that's the th- and, and that's investing the, in ourselves. Yeah, that's the key thing, I think. You've got to do both. But the imaging and diagnosis is also so valuable for yeah. you. And that's that's what I found. And I've kind of stayed with them and they've, they've they've checked and said everything's working, it's fine. But every time they go in with the cameras to look at the sphincters and esophageal sphincters and things like that, they've said, yeah, you've still got quite an inflamed stomach, but it's so much less each yeah. time. And that's the herbs. So the herbs have been really powerful, but I'm a completely different person in terms yeah. of my lifestyle now yeah, as well, yeah. aren't I? And I don't know... You know, I think the, the the two together ended up being the the solution. But that's the thing, isn't it? It's like you know, again, going back to it, it's never just one thing. No, no. Like you know, and I think when you are kind of going through like this process, like you have almost like a process of elimination, if you will, of what it isn't yeah. before we can finally get to the bottom of what it is. But it's like rather than just waiting on that that next test and then the test after that and and whatnot, it's like, well, what can I be doing right now yeah. that I know is going to be of benefit to me rather than just kind of like relying on that one thing until I get answers in weeks, months, maybe even years time. And and along that process, you start, I think you like learn a little bit more about yourself and, and also know that you don't want to go back there to yeah, where yeah, you were. Yeah. So you then do start making these changes because you know how crap it felt. Yeah when yeah, you was yeah. in that position and, and and like you say I mean it's hard because I think with you you there's always going to be that almost like a bit of fear factor now of terms of like because obviously you haven't had uh, alcohol have you for nearly two years <laughs> and, and you're desperate for me to get hammered aren't you well, well <laughs> not hammered <laughs> so, so, somewhere in between so here's some here's some really interesting takeaways that I just like you know increases my chances <laughs> quite substantially <laughs> <laughs> that's why I'm for it always comes back to that you know, yeah but okay so here's some key things that I learned in, in this whole process and 
I used to believe food, you know, food is medicine and really, really powerful and, and believe in supplements. And I still do to a certain extent, but there's limits to them. And, you know, I put everything that I could in place. I threw a lot of supplements mm. at it and I got nowhere. I've been totally, um, you know, kind of in awe of how powerful the Chinese herbs have been. And he sent me the name of every herb and I've looked it up. And a lot of things are kind of working on your immune system and, and other stuff. Some are just general anti-inflammatories. And I think it's got everything to recede. But I wonder if what's really in the background, because I had a few other kind of the skin plaques and things develop and, and also a few kind of weird vertigo um, episodes prior to all this was whether there's some kind of virus um, mm. in the background, which is what I said to you, and, and whether if I run my body down, this virus is allowed to kind of have a bit of a field day and yeah. it starts to, when I, when I looked up, oh, could gastritis, esophagitis be associated with a virus? And yes, it can. So like I've kind yeah. of made that link and I'm like, so maybe I've got this virus that's kind of attacking my mucosal tissues in my body. I can, I've had a few cold sores, so herpes could be one of them where it's like, they're it's not loads. It's such a horrible word that, isn't it? It is, isn't it? Because everyone goes genital straight away. Yeah. That's what they think of. But that's, yeah. I've never had that. Sorry if you have oh. had that. But my, I do get cold sores. Very I'd say like once a year. Yeah, not, not often. Uh, but anyway, so I could have some kind of virus that's in my kind of, that attacks my nerves. And that could have been what the very first pain was that I thought was a hernia. Mm. Could be a virus attacking my nerves, which has really then upset my gut and my gut motility. And then possibly then transferred into my gut mucosa and creating this inflammation. And the reason I say this is because someone kindly, a podcast listener wrote to me when I said I kind of got this gastritis stuff going on and said that they'd had it. Lots of people have had it. And they took out everything and, and followed all the advice to a letter that you get with nutrition guidance. You know, take out coffee, take out this, and it did nothing. And in the end, they got into kind of a lot of food stress with it. And then just one day, it all disappeared. And I cannot tell you how amazing that email was because I've kept it in my head since all this happened. Yeah. And I've been like, really bad days. Yeah, but this happened to someone else and one day it all went away. And I repeat that yeah. sentence. And it gives you hope and it makes you realise that you can get into that negative bias. Some of it will have been stress. Some of it will have been, as in stress about the, the illness. But I think when you're ill and you have inflammation, your serotonin goes so low. Mm. Add sleep deprivation because a lot yeah. of my symptoms were night-based. And then you're just, you can get really, you've got no resilience, you know, and, and that's it. anxiety. And again, it's that, it's that accumulation it. of things, that knock-on effect. And, and, and I think that's when, like, you know, it becomes a bigger problem, isn't it? Yeah. But what shocked me of all of this is, Whenever I went to see, like I went to see a nutritional dentist or like speaking to, it's interesting. If you speak to gastroenterologists, they don't have much time for the food side other than gluten and dairy. Really? They're not that interested in anything at FODMAPs as well. So fermentable carbohydrates, but they're not that kind of interested in, in much else. So when I was kind of saying, is it reflux? And they did, they, they did a test on me to see if I was refluxing. I was like, should I avoid anything like coffee or, or spices or anything? They're not really that interested. Alcohol was the only one where oh, they were wow. like, you should try and test alcohol when you've got the camera in. But so I had a camera trying to monitor reflux yeah. and I didn't want to because I was just like, it ain't worth it if I'm really honest. I've gone without yeah. for two years. I'm just not that bothered. Coffee, I do want to know. Yeah. <laughs> but it's interesting that across this whole process, I kept having coffee despite a lot of people saying, if you've got an inflamed gut, you should not have coffee. It was, I just couldn't let it go. And it gave me this new... I've always had empathy for my clients, you, 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 but a proper new understanding of why you don't give up smoking, why you don't give up alcohol. It, yeah. it was an addiction that is like, even though it's doing me harm, I can't let it go. And this is because of my emotional health. Yeah, right now. Yeah. Like it's just, it's like low dopamine, low serotonin, low everything. Like I just need yeah, yeah. this. And again, that, that was kind of a really interesting experience to have. But interesting when I came out of the last 
uh, endoscopy that I had, <laughs> they actually bring you a coffee <laughs> and a biscuit. What? It's crazy. They were like, do you want a drink? And I said, have you got any peppermint tea? And they went, we've got, we've got tea or coffee <laughs> and digestives. And by that point, I was like, just bring me a coffee and a digestive. <laughs> like, I just wanted <laughs> So, um, but, but what I was going to say was it's so easy to to overthink a lot of the food side of things and plow all of your energy into that. Yeah. And, and actually it could be something, you know, like a virus or an, a, you know, an, an infection that's causing a lot of this stuff. And in which case you've got to look at what are you doing that is running your immune system down. Yeah. And it can be that more of the lifestyle stuff needs to happen. And the, the mental, the mindset stuff is, is really powerful for that. A hundred percent, hundred percent. I mean, like, I know when back in the the kind of first lockdown, which feels like so long ago now, doesn't it? And um, we had kind of said like, I wasn't travelling into London anymore, you know, so I wasn't getting up crazy early. And we said like, we need to take advantage of this somewhat, didn't we? And get to bed a bit earlier, get up a little bit later because I don't have to be up quite so early. And and we did and, and it felt great. But weirdly, like, I remember saying like to you, like, I feel like a new person. Like I'm getting all this extra sleep and my energy's through the roof and I'm training really, really well. But then that only lasted for a certain period of time before the kind of like day-to-day stresses that were kind of going on, you know, the the kind of worry, the uncertainty yeah, yeah, yeah. was almost like... It just took the place of the original yeah, commuting stress. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And all of a sudden it was like, I almost kind of felt I was right back to where I was despite still getting up a little bit later and having a bit more sleep. And I was almost like, I don't get it. Yeah, yeah. I felt amazing. And now I don't like, and I'm doing the same thing. But I think sometimes we, we almost don't appreciate everything that is going on. I don't think, yeah, what, what you're not, it's the mental stress that you exactly. don't sometimes exactly. realise. And I think the next thing that I've noticed, because I've guided a lot of people through this, uh, again, on the hormone retreat, I've talked very openly about my journey and said like, you know, I'm responsible for a lot of my hormone issues and I know that, but I can't give myself crap for that. And it's the no. reason that I've, I've loved in some ways delving back down into my past about how did I develop these behaviors? And a lot of it, it comes from a good place or it just comes from a natural human reaction or yeah. how our brains are kind of wired to do stuff. But I think the hard thing about it is that when you're trying to change, you know, like a lifetime of, of, of kind of habits really and, and, and behaviours, it doesn't happen overnight. And when we were saying at the beginning about how do you strike that balance back between resting your body, you know, allowing your immune system to be happy, allowing your reproductive hormones to be happy and balance again. Um, I think the worst thing you can do is, is almost kind of go, right, this is it, here's the plan. You know, like, I'm going to yeah. meditate at this time, I'm going to do this at this time, I'm going to eat these food. It's almost like if you get that rigid with it, which I did try and do, and almost put a, a kind of yeah. process that's that's too onerous in place, you're not really doing it properly. Yeah. Because when you do it properly, I've almost stopped trying to do it, yeah. and it's happened. And one thing that has been helpful is, because my symptoms relapse and especially if I up it a gear, and that's with exercise or my workload and working late at night, I've noticed, uh, I feel that, you know, the next day everything kicks off again. It's almost like I've got this this kind of accountability element now in the background, which, you know, I've, I've given up fearing it, which I did for a long time. I was like, well, inflammation can turn into things much more sinister and what is it? And even a virus, they're associated with much, it can become much more sinister as we've seen. Yeah, yeah. It can cause other chronic uh, illnesses that you you don't really want to think about 
but I've stopped fearing it and I've started try, trying to just kind of look after myself more. Yeah, and, yeah. and when I'm tired, I, I just plonk on the sofa now and watch some of my favourite TV and, and, and refuse to feel guilty about that. And yeah. when I catch myself, and I'll sometimes be saying to you, I've not really worked that hard today, I've actually tried to congratulate myself yeah, because well, it's yeah. the opposite of what I feel find very easy. Yeah. And I've... I didn't come up with a plan to do this, but I've, I've slowly stopped binging on work where I work really hard for long periods of time to the point of exhaustion and then try to wind myself down. Yeah. And then I can't. I'm like fidgety and annoying. And, yeah. and, and yeah. you know, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I tried to start working in, in smaller cycles and then going for a walk and then coming back and being productive for an hour and then taking a break. And I was told this, by the way, about 10 years ago. Say, well, yeah. Of course, do you remember? Like, this isn't new info. Like, not at all. But I think, you know... It's, it's just like, taken me 10 years to implement it. But I think like a lot of things, you know, we... We have to make the decision ourselves. We have to reach our own conclusion on it. You reach you know, your own pain point. You reach our own pain point, yeah, exactly. And and I think we, we've, we're we all, you know, I could look back on loads of things and think, oh, if, I, if I'd only listened to my body then, yeah. this would have never happened. Yeah, and, yeah, like yeah. the signs were there. Yeah, yeah. But you, you just don't, you don't put two and two together until it's too late. And then you're like, oh, shit. But I you think know. a big part of it is don't give yourself shit for it. Exactly, well, it's done. It's, it, if you're in a bad place already, yeah. why drag yourself down exactly. to the darker depths of it? Why not just think about, like I said, and, and almost like relax into the process? Because I think when I finally accepted where I was and relaxed and was just like, even on the food front, you know, with you, I've kind of gone, I'm just going to try and eat as normally as I can now, but, yeah. but as nutritiously because I can't, I still can't eat as much food oh, as, I, as I probably need to at times. Because... This is a very interesting like fact about the whole process as well is I've been left with it. The only bit of my stomach that's now inflamed is the very top, which is quite common. So the rest of it's all kind of, well, in the last scan, it's all healed up, but the top is still a bit inflamed. So it means two things. I can't eat too much and I can't lie down. And I kind of laughed when I realized that because I was like, I've spent my whole life trying not to do those two things. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Try not to be lazy and lie down. And it will, like, and just try not to eat too much because you know, like, that's just been my journey with like body image and dieting and stuff like that. And I'm like, well, now I'm freaking well stuck with the both. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, and, and so, got no choice. It's, yeah, and I feel like that's a that that's a big message there for me. Yeah. And so I have to really, you know, kind of prioritize self care to be able to get the rest and and I have to, you know eat frequently on a small meals on yeah, a regular yeah. basis so i'm kind of regulating my blood sugars and getting as much as i can but the herbalist has even said to me he's like and i've worked with him now for two years and and he said the problem is sometimes he said we're getting you better and and you're kind of without knowing it you're you're, 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 you're pushing more again yeah you're, yeah you're taking you're taking on more work or maybe you're kind of exercising more so again i'm listening to that and i'm not kind of going oh I can never work again then I can never exercise again yeah, I'm yeah. just trying to to find I suppose my tolerance for both is is not like tolerance that's the wrong word is it really but my what what amount of exercise gives me enough for health yeah and enough for kind of mental satisfaction but doesn't have a negative effect on the other stuff and then same thing with kind of work what work do I love doing how much keeps me stimulated I enjoy it and then when am I feeling you know I'm going too far with it and yeah. you know and I think I've kind of, I've almost kind of got to a, a good pattern with work where I'm trying not to work late at night and things like that and, and feel good. But but I would say, you know, th- those pre- those changes were not easy because th- no. there's a lot of status and self-esteem and confidence associated with, with yeah, those things, you know, and, and exercise think... and, 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 and working hard, you know what I mean? And people going, yeah, real grafter. Yeah. 
Saturday yeah, exactly. Pill. And you almost like when you start getting a bit of like recognition for stuff yeah, yeah. and and it's like, hard. yeah, it is hard. And, and and it's like we always say with with regards to you know setting standards for yourself, i.e. you know are you training four, five, six, seven days a week, and all of a sudden that becomes your norm. So therefore, anything less than training every day is lazy. Yeah. It's not. It's not enough. It's no. not good enough. You know what I mean? So the thought of training only a couple of times a week, you know, just takes your mind to a place that you just don't want to go. Same with work. Like we almost got to that point because we, we are self-employed, you know, we run our own business. It's almost like it's hustle, hustle, hustle. That's what it's all about when you're self-employed. It's not about working smart, <laughs> you know, like you yeah. try and tell yourself it is, but you almost just, you give yourself a hard time if you're not getting up early, if you're not working late. If you, like you say, if you almost don't feel exhausted by the end of the day because of everything that you've done, yeah, yeah, yeah. have you worked hard enough? Yeah, yeah. Have you done enough? Could you have done more? And it sounds really daft when you say it out loud. It's like, well, because I can imagine people going, well, no, of course not. But you almost don't even realise that you're doing it. Do you see what I mean? Like, we didn't become self-employed to go, right, I want to become self-employed so I can work myself into the ground and, and be stressed and, and wired all the time. You, you become self-employed because you, you, you have a passion for something, you want to pursue it and, yeah, yeah. you know, and you almost kind of fall into this, this way of living your day-to-day. But, but also I think not many people are speaking about the fact that over the last 10 years, you know, if, if you are self-employed, the structure of business has changed rapidly. Like even my dad says, like, I can't help you. Like I can't help you with anything anymore because no. it's so different to my day. But understand if you start a business like like we did 13 14 years ago everything shifts and 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 like we just talked about with social media suddenly we're you know god what was just putting some pictures up on facebook is now you know and everyone's just (laughs) accelerated and i think there's there's two elements here that i've said to you and and that's kind of like financially and social media the pressure so even if it's not from a work perspective I, i never felt this whole kind of hustle hustle necessarily but I do feel like if there's big gaps in social media, which there is with us sometimes, because we're just like, I, I can't do it anymore. You know what I mean? I, I need my health and I'm taking my health back. Even though it lasts, but you lasts. always wonder and question, will we have the business success of others because we just aren't prepared now to sacrifice yeah. our lives for it? And and so I think there is this element of the kind of fast-paced lifestyle and things like that. Yeah. So a lot of what I did as well, a lot of the work I did outside of our business was to get us financially sound so we could keep investing in our business and, and, and in new branding and technology. Yeah. And actually, when I look back, it's kind of like, now I understand my why behind that. It wasn't a bad thing to do necessarily, no. but it nearly killed me. So yeah, I'm just yeah. like, so I can't give myself a stick for that, but I will definitely keep checking in as to whether this is the right thing for me to do going forward. Yeah. And right now I feel like, I've taken back control and started running a lot of my own products, which I've loved and said to you, like, I haven't felt this for years. Yeah. Working with women online, I've really enjoyed it. And the Charming. kind of more, so, no, no, but did a, us my poor, first. Us poor blokes. But, but this, I did a, this women's hormones retreat I'm doing. I mapped this out, do you remember, nearly 10 years yeah. ago. And then I was like, I bottled it. I was like, no, I think, I I think we might have spoken about this on the last podcast. I can't remember. I can't remember. Anyway, I mapped it out years ago. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, people. And, uh, and, I finally ran it now and it, it feels like exactly what I was meant to be doing. Yeah. And But also because I've just been through all this, I have so much better exactly. knowledge. It's I'm like, not talking about plastic bottles as much as I was 10 years it ago. It wasn't meant to happen back then. But the things I would have laboured 10 yeah. years ago, I'm like, I, I don't give a stuff if you've got a plastic bottle. I honestly don't. Like, let's look at some other things. Who yeah. you're married to, who you're working for. 
what's your purpose in life yeah. you know how happy do you feel about getting out of bed in day exactly. what, you, what makes you happy because I couldn't answer that question a couple no. of years ago I'd, I would have really struggled and I'd just say get a glass of wine down me and stick me in a bar and I'm pretty happy then like literally bring me down 10 levels with yeah. <laughs> sedate me <laughs> like, and I could yeah. and on that note how amazing is a sedation by the way which I've well said. I've never had it unfortunately that's the best thing I've ever had in, in all of this process was I, I, say, I, say, I say unfortunately I hope I'm never in a position where I need it you know what I mean but it sounded pretty amazing I would, I would book in just to have sedation for 24 yeah. hours in the bed <laughs> and then they can let me go I must admit I remember when I had my shoulder operation all them years ago and obviously I went under general anaesthetic see I've never had that but afterwards you're just so tired yeah, yeah. I just felt like I could have slept anywhere and that was a nice feeling yeah because nothing else in the world mattered than just sleeping you know what I mean oh god and I was just like yeah just leave me here <laughs> so, so the first time I had a my first it's called a Bravo test they put a camera in you and they check it's in your esophagus if, yeah. you're, if you're refluxing and stuff so the first time I went and had the sedation absolutely amazing like it was great fun actually loved it, the, the you? team were amazing they would put me at ease straight away and um I'd nearly passed out having my cath... Uh, uh, not, what's it called? Not catheter. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what's it? Cannula put in. I nearly passed out. <laughs> Mainly because as well, we'd fasted for so long. So you have to fast six hours and then we'd walk there from the station and, and I was yeah. cold. So basically my blood pressure dropped so low, I nearly fainted. So I got all this like extra special treatment. They were like, right, lie down and all this yeah. kind of stuff. And it was amazing. And then uh, the sedation, I was like, that is the best thing I've ever had and then I got this lovely like few hours in recovery yeah to just and I thought do you know what I haven't had well I remember you messaged me because obviously you had to get someone to pick you up so I came in with you and obviously was going to come home with you and I was in like a prep down the road doing some work and you were almost like well no hurry just, yeah, yeah. <laughs> just quite happy just uh, dribbling here <laughs> honestly it was so nice <laughs> again there's a big clue in there for me yeah. do you know what I mean like and then when I had to go back again they were like oh it's inconclusive which is friggin' typical they were like, no, you need to come back. It was inconclusive, the study. Because he's like, well, focus on the positives. Yeah, but listen to this. Sedation again. Yeah, <laughs> I was quite excited about it. But they were like, the Bravo pH test didn't work. So now you've got to have an alpha pH test. Alpha. Oh, wow. Only the only the alpha. Um, anyway, this time I was like, yeah, but it's fine because I have sedation. It's going to be good. And I took magazines and I was all prepped, had some food with me. And then the guy was like, that was going to do the endoscopy was like, oh, he said, you look like, you know, you like training, are you jogging home? And then he starts asking me all about fitness and stuff. And then he, as he's getting ready, they try and, I can see now they distract you. Yeah, yeah. He was like, I'm not going to give you as much sedation because I like patients to kind of be a little bit with it. And I was like, oh God. Yeah, so it was horrific. And I've actually now written down... (laughs) I got the you get these lovely reports and all these pictures of what the inside of your stomach looks like, and I compared the amount of drugs that he gave me. So next time I'm going to put a special request yeah. in. This is like the only good thing that comes out of this for me. It's like give me that drug anyway. See that? That's what I want. That's what I want. Um, there's a quote here I want to share with you that someone just put in the ladies' group because you were saying about exhausting yourself. You ready? Yeah. Give yourself the best of you, not what's left of you. I like that. There you go. I was, I was like, gosh, that's so like relevant, that. isn't it? It's because so we relevant. are giving what's left of us right now. I think everybody with lockdown mm. has been in that position. Most will ignore it. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah that's, that's a great quote, that. I shall ignore it entirely. <laughs> <laughs> but it's true, though, isn't it? Like the, And we all, we've, we've spoken about this before. You know, it's all well and good seeing these really amazing motivational inspirational quotes or these books or watching these little videos and whatnot 
but until you reach your pain point, until something clicks properly inside yeah. you, it's almost not irrelevant because I think it's playing a small role into you building up to that. But you think to yourself, like, how many motivational quotes or books or videos have you read or seen or heard in the build-up to you making a decision? Yeah. It wasn't like, it wasn't that one thing and you were like, oh, God, that's changed my life there and then on the spot, yeah. bosh, everything changed after that. Again, it's it's, it's that build-up, isn't it? And it's, it's for you to make that decision and for certain dots to, to connect for you to be like, right, it, it, I'm ready We've now. said this before, like, it, it can drive you mad when people are like, I've listened to this podcast, I've listened to, you know, I've read this book and stuff. And I think the one thing that I really wanted to, to happen on this retreat was... I was going to give all the information necessary. That was my job in this process yeah. and to share my story and then to say, don't think that you've got to put this like comprehensive action plan in place, but chip away one by one at the things that you know need to change mm -hmm. and do it at your pace, in your time. And it might just be very small changes initially, but the more severe your health symptoms become, the more extreme the health uh, the, the changes are going to need to For be sure. or more For significant sure. sorry so don't get to that point ideally you know it's, it's why once you get into the danger zone with your body composition it has to be something quite pretty intensive and it's not yeah. that much fun to do but if you could just start to kind of catch it before it gets to that place and it's the same with that niggle in the shoulder or the knee injury do you oh, know what God, I mean yeah. if you can start to get on the foam rolling and, and change your footwear and minimize the impact yeah. you could be back to a really good place but you learned the lesson of okay now strengthen you know you keep it going it could become you know you're never going to be running again you know yeah. you could lose and, all yeah. that all those things yeah. that you love doing so I but, think listen to the but I was going to say listen to the body really. 100% 100% but equally if you are at that point now where you know you are dealing with an injury or you are dealing with a, a health concern or you know something's just not quite right like Keris mentioned it, don't start dwelling on the past. Don't don't start kind of like giving yourself a hard time for, oh, you know, if only I'd done this or I'd done that, I wouldn't be find in this answers, position. Find answers in the past. That's yeah. what I found really but, helpful. But don't dwell on it because no, no, no. it's just focus on where you're at right now and just yeah. what needs to be done. And, you know, it's, that's not always an easy thing to to come to terms with, but it's it's reality at yeah. the end of the day. And and I think the sooner you get your head around things like that and, and empower yourself in kind of making that decision to go, right, I'm just going to do the best I can based on my current circumstance. Yeah. Like, like I say, that's empowering, yeah. you know, when you start making decisions like that. So, And the past can also help you kind of understand that ego element as to why do I keep going back there and mm. self-destructing? Yeah. The past can give you answers to that. But like you said, and sometimes counselling and stuff like that's helpful, but like don't hang out in the past and no. be defined by it. It's kind of look forward and go you know look at who you spend time with look at the things that you're doing if you like i said put me in a bunch of alphas and i'll probably be in the danger zone for pushing myself too yeah. hard put me around you know certain other friends that i've got that are like you know come on let's have some fun and chill out like you see a better side of me do you know because yeah. I mean? i'll be there in the background worrying that we're up too late you know and <laughs> <laughs> are we going to be up for a workout in the morning yeah. it's it's nine o'clock now got, we got, should be taking melatonin and going to bed i've got sweat fest in the morning yeah <laughs> 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 but we should call it a day 
we have gone on. We have. Haven't yeah. we just? Some nuggets um, there, though. Oh, I hope so. I hope so. We have been going fair enough. <laughs> Maybe at least one. Maybe a takeaway in there, one. There's going to be one in there somewhere. I um, need but, to drink more water. <laughs> That's what I've taken away from the, the number of times we've done that. <laughs> we've done so many talks and we go yeah. really deep and then people go, we used to do a thing my takeaway end, yeah. is I need to drink more water. Yeah, what, what's your biggest takeaway? But do you know what, though? That could be... It could be helpful. It could be very helpful to that individual. So, um, <laughs> what you really God. need is to get divorced and move house and stop that job and, and drink more water. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but sip some water and think about it. <laughs> but guys hope you did enjoy that. Big big love. Um, as always, you know where we are. If you have any questions whatsoever, hit us up on fit fit, fit food at every social media. Basically, um, well, actually, that's a lie. Instagram, Facebook, mainly. <laughs> Yeah. that's it you can send us a tweet if you like but yeah. we'll probably ignore it I wouldn't even know because we wouldn't even know I'd have to do forgot password again yeah. <laughs> just to read it um, but of course you can hit us up on email info at fitterfood.com guys if you haven't left a review yet please 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 just just spend a minute or two just to feedback to us like what your thoughts are you know hopefully you love it but of course we can take constructive criticism criticism as well because we just want to we just want to help people and that's you know, as cheesy as it sounds it's true so if there's anything that we can do a better job of you know let us know and we'll we'll, we'll see we might not agree with you but if we do <laughs> we'll make it happen uh, but guys thank you once again and we'll see you in the next episode bye bye see ya bye